What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner Riff State Awaits. I'm Nate. It is your boy, Trent. And I'm Sebastian. And today is the final year-end review with our top 10 best albums of 2021. It has been a year. It has been a good year. It's been a bad year. But we still had some great albums here that we are going to talk about today. It's going to be exciting. And to start it all off, Trent, take it away with your top 10. So, I will say this was hard to do. I know I said it before, but it's like hard to do over the course of the year. Um to like you know, figure it out. Cuz even with um the worst albums of the year, it was very hard to find really bad albums. Right. Um good albums on the other hand, my top 5 is pretty solid. Uh and then the rest of them I was like, man, these albums were like pretty okay. Uh, but then as like I got closer to this day and I kept like listening to, you know, albums that we had throughout the year, some albums grew on me. Um, so with that, let's get into it. Uh, the honorable mentions. Uh, I've got three. Uh, I, su- I I like three is a good number for honorable mentions just because, you know, it's kind of short and sweet and then you can get right in the top. 10, yeah, so. for sure. Uh, coming in as the first honorable mention in no particular order, by the way, uh, Adele 30. Uh, I know we all love that album. Uh, it was a great album for Adele. I feel uh, it. It had its low points. It had its higher points. But overall, I enjoyed the album. Uh, coming in next, we have Lord Solar Power. Good um, choice, huh? Would you say? I said good choice. Oh, good choice. Yeah, um, yeah. It's funny because like I forgot about this album. Uh, and then I was in like books a million or something and I saw it cause it's that <laughs> the very well-placed sticker. Oh yeah. Uh, and I was like, I know that one. I was like, that's Lord. Uh, so I went back and listened to it and I was like, you know, this was a fun, a fun one. It was like, so I think what was this song like smoking in the barbershop or high in the barbershop or something. Yeah. Something I know, about, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Something about being high in a barbershop and it was just like, it was a fun little album. Uh, next honorable mention, uh, Bound in Fear, Penance. Um, that was a, a solid metal album in my eyes. Uh, Did you ever go back it, and listen to the uh, the one from 2019? No, I didn't. But Ooh. when I went back and uh, I wasn't going to announce that now, but I'll wait. Uh, I went back and was looking to try and like go back and uh, look at it. I was like, fuck, Nate told me to do this. But I, I didn't. I I just figured that one out today, uh, so I didn't have time to go back. Uh, but no, this album was kind of cool. Uh, it had like the the little like I, like I talked about in the episode, the little apex uh, interlude and the one song that kind of made it for me because it was just really cool to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting into it with the top ten coming in at number ten. I don't know if you're gonna allow me to do this one. Oh, because uh, I don't know if we decided if it was an EP or not, uh, but the Stats Brothers Band, the self-titled. No, that's an album. Really? That is an album? Okay. Uh, I Most of the reason why I put it at number 10 is to get some shout out for our boys. Um, Hell yeah. We love the Stats Brothers. They're great. Eddie is such an amazing man, such a beautiful man in his Hawaiian shirts. Um. <laughs> And yeah, I figured I'd, g- I'd give him a little shout out. I, it's funny because I couldn't think of an album to put on here. And then I was as I was going back, I was like, you know what? The Stats Brothers. 
you can't go wrong. You really um, can't. And like considering that like that style of music is something that I'm always very, very picky with, especially on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. And it's not just because it's Eddie. You know, he is actually a talented guy and the band members as well, very talented musicians. So Yeah. And it it's funny, I was looking at it, it kinda of reminded me of how we thought about the Casey Musgraves album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cause that one at some points had, you know, the same kind of like little folky stuff here and there but you know it's what casey musgraves does exactly. um that country stuff but yeah that's what that reminded me of um and i thought it was like i said i didn't have i couldn't think of like a number 10 so i was like you know what let's shout out our boys in the stats brothers band so stats brothers band uh their self-titled album at my number 10 spot after that number nine Cemeteries Rainbow Bridge 3. Oh, shit. Yeah, this one. That grew this one on grew you because I, I was going to say you weren't too hot with that at first. I wasn't too hot on it because of the day I had. And I had to listen to the Incognita album. <laughs> yeah. Um, which actually would have made my worst listing if I remembered it. That would have been more controversial than the fucking Lil Sims and Lil Nas X. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Honestly, dude. Um, But yeah, Cemetery grew on me. It's really just the DJ Sorrow. Turn the fuck up. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It is. It's still a shitstorm. It is. It's still a shitstorm of an album, but it's funny and it's, like it's just kind of cool in some way and it really just it kind of grew on me a little bit so yeah props to him for doing that i'm gonna go look back and listen to his stuff because that one was it was fucking interesting uh but yeah that's number it's number nine uh coming in at number eight uh we have crawler by idols uh now i will say it was not as good as their uh, album last year which was absolutely phenomenal with the heavy punk stuff um this album it, it was a uh, it was almost like the uh the opposite side of the spectrum for him i was very very alty uh and very kind of you know slow which was surprising at some points uh the song uh beachland ballroom about the beachland ballroom here in cleveland uh it, that song really connected with me uh, because like the first real concert I ever saw was at the beach and ballroom. And it was like, I had that connecting point, but I just, I, I remember I was really the only one who kind of liked that album uh, when we listened to it back on that episode a few months back. Uh, but yeah, that album grew on me. It was kind of good. So uh, coming in at number, what the fuck was this? Number seven, I think. Yeah. Seven. Um, kind of a mess up list so uh at number seven we have suicide boys long-term effects of suffering uh the first i guess yeah the first album i've ever listened to by suicide boys yeah so suicide boys um that one again is the first real album i listened to by suicide boys um i really fucked with it you know like I said in uh, the top ten songs episode when we did that, uh, Bleach was in there because just the the fast staccato rap, um, it 
I, I really mess with it, and they do it so well. Um, and it, it got me into uh, oh, what was that song? It was that meme for a while, so long and something. Thanks for something or whatever. Oh, it was, it was like, like the, your, eat, and, and to all eat, my boys or all to my dogs. Yeah, it was like the eat your vegetables thing. Hold on. I don't know. It was the one last pick and I'll be gone. Yeah. And to those like, I, oh, and yeah. to those I love, thanks for sticking around. That's what it was. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I found that song from this album because it came on after I had finished listening to the album one day as like a, a read. Uh, re-listen and i was like oh my god they sing this song holy shit because i didn't know about it yeah and that song is so good uh but no this album uh it grew on me a little bit more over the year and again i i liked it originally but it just it had a a special place for me because i really appreciate what they do uh coming in at number six a throwback balthazar sand uh, oh yeah. shit! I did not um, expect to hear that one. Yeah, this one was. I didn't talk about this one a lot. I didn't talk about this one like at all. Um, Honestly, that was almost a forgettable it, episode because I don't recall anything else from that one. Bone no, carver, no, 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 bon- it. bone carver. Yeah, bone carver. That was about it. The rest of the fucking episode sucked ass. It did. It was horrible. I think it was just you and I also. Sebastian had something going on, but that was a, yeah. That was a weak one. Yeah complete week episode but yeah i was in this in the middle of the year uh i went back and i listened to it i was like i 100 th- this is the chillest album of the year you know uh i don't know if they call themselves ska but it's like right on the cusp of ska uh but it's you know definitely uh alternative uh and honestly for me it was like looking back on it it was a great way to start off the year within like that first like um, well, because we skipped January and then go right into February with all yeah. so, like, it was a good start to the year with like February, March, I think is when it, it might have been April, but whenever it was, um, it was it was a good beginning half of the year for that one to be a chill album, and it was uh, yeah, it, I what was this song? I can't remember what the song was. It was like the second song on the album. Let me look here. Take a quick peeky poo. Do I have it? Where the fuck is it? Did I forget to put it on here? Oh no, I got it. Um, on a roll. That was a song. I think that was like my favorite. Um, was either I'm on a on a roller moment, like the first song. Um, they were really good songs. Uh, and just the album overall, I think was again, it was very chill. Uh, I loved his vocals as I'm looking back on it. Uh, very smooth vocals. He hits his highs very well and sticks with them. So. But yeah, I, I love hit throwing throwbacks. I'm just like, I'm so controversial this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, sh- I will say, actually, now that we're getting into it, I completely forgot to say this. Uh, we are not including EPs into our top ten. Yes, but we um, will probably mention, I mean, if it hasn't been clear, we did love the shit out of the Lord of Shore and Knocked Loose ones. We did, yeah. Those two were great. And w- we decided as a collective to not include those just to go strictly albums, but we we all know that at least one of those would have been on every one of our mm-hmm. uh, things, so... Definitely. But yeah. Yeah, just to get that out, just in, just in case you were wondering and looking for the top five, if that was going to be on there, that it sadly will not be on there. But in my heart, it really does take like the number four spot. 
Um, but yeah, moving on to the top five this year from me. Number five, An Evening with Silk Sonic. Yo! Uh, fucking this bitch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, man. What, what a fucking amazing album this was. I fucking, I loved it. Nate, I know you loved it. Smashing oh. didn't really like it. Um, <laughs> but it's still a banging album. Uh, just hearing, you know, Bruno Mars. I the uh, I don't know, the chemistry between Bruno and uh, Anderson Park is like it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I was happy for that. And the way that you know Bruno, I just I've always been a Bruno Mars fan, so it's like for most of us. Um, and this was like my real first introduction to Anderson Park, so it was kind of cool to to get both of those kind of meshed together and help out, um, help with the love for this album because it really was good. Uh, and I mean, like, come on. Banging songs, the whole album. I think except for like one song I really didn't mind, but like, Leave the Door Open, like the first like actual song, is, oh, that's such a good song. Such a well, yeah, Moving on to the top Four. Number four, Imperial by Soen. Uh We love Prague. It's another throwback. Uh, Monarch, as as you know from the top ten songs, uh, Monarch is my favorite song off the album. Uh, the second would be the title track, uh, Imperial. Um, Soen just did such a good job with this album, uh, and I I put it onto a a few people that I knew who were looking to kind of expand. Um, and I talked about that one in the episode as well about the, the whole like Opeth thing about like the former Opeth drummer and just going into it. How that like I was already a big fan of Opeth and that just opened it, opened the door for me to love Soen. So it was I, a little bit of a surprise to me halfway through the year how much I actually loved the album. But now looking back into it, I'm like. It was so easy to see back then that I loved the album and I knew it was going to be somewhere on my top ten list. Um, the first three songs of the album, um, I think Monarch and Imperial are actually two of those. Uh, was it oh, Lumerian, Deceiver, and Monarch. Um, oh, that's the song. It's Imperial's not the song. It's Lumerian. My bad. I was thinking, I was mixing Lumerian and Illusion. Um, that's my bad. Um, can tell how organized we are uh, <laughs> uh no the first three songs really make it it's a, such a strong opening uh to the album that it really just really just fucking makes it and it's a banger album and i would love for everybody if you haven't you know heard me talk about it already on one of the former episodes or even the top 10 songs episode go check it out it's a great prog album so now that finally the top three um this one was very hard to decide, but I almost flipped uh, Imperial by Soen and this uh, number three one, but number three, Lifeblood by Brand of Sacrifice. Uh, this album really took me by surprise uh, when we listened to it, um, but it was a banger all the way through. 
the title track and Demon King are the best tracks overall on the album, and they sad because they kind of really overshadow uh, the rest of them. Uh, I mean, even the single that came out uh, for Lifeblood um, with Will Ramos of Lorna Shore, um, that was a great one. It was cool how they you can tell that they actually redid the track. Uh, they didn't just like cut out parts. They like they actually re-recorded it because you can tell cause it sounds different than the actual recording, which is very cool. But no, I mean I have the flag, I have the the vinyl. If I didn't like it that much, then I wouldn't have fucking bought that. Uh, and I'm glad that Nate put this one onto us because this was. A great album. You'll, and don't I, forget to check out that debut, God Hand. Even shorter, but yeah. such a banger. I was getting to that because I haven't yet, but I was going to talk about that. How like yeah. something something about like some specific metal bands, you know, like Brand of Sacrifice really coming out of the water and pulling this shit, you know, like it's so fucking sick. And I will say, like their um their album art is fucking dope. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, we love album, good album art here. Um, yeah, that's Lifeblood at my number three. Number two, Fortitude by Gojira. Um, surprisingly, this album is my number two. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious as to what be... number one was. What? Yeah, if you think about it, number one is not that hard to figure out. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um. But yeah, this album is my number two. It's very hard because at the big at middle of the year, I was like, this is never going to be beat. This album's fucking great. Um, and I remember me saying that. And I was like, yeah, hey, you kind of fucked yourself over there, buddy. Not really a Man on the Moon 3 moment, but kind of close. Right, because it didn't come at like, the last it didn't, second. It was not the last episode. And spoilers, <laughs> neither will that be for me either. Trust me. Oof. No spoilers, but it. no spoilers, but also just uh, no no man on the moon three this year. <laughs> <laughs> we got man on the moon four. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the fucking fortitude grew on me um, a little bit. Some songs did, uh, like Sphinx. I did not like um, when we listened to it, but going back, playing it on guitar. I got a, an appreciation for it um, because just the wacky shit that Gojira does, all their harmonics, like I've said in the past, like Gojira, the stuff that they play like note wise is fairly easy, but it's all the little tricks that they do with it that make it complicated. Like uh, take the song Sphinx, for example. Um, you have this, they are, Gojira's most famous for their harmonic slide scream, like you hear in the breakdown of Flying Whales, uh, the intro of Sphinx, um, many other songs. Uh, and that, when I, the first song that I really got it down with on guitar was Sphinx. So, like, that song I gained a new appreciation for. Um, overall, my favorite songs off of the album will be Sphinx. Into the Storm and Born for One Thing. Uh, I talked about Into the Storm and Born for One Thing on the top um, top ten songs. Sphinx, sadly, after we recorded that is when I got it. So like this is recently that I had gained that appreciation for Sphinx. And it kind of sucks because that one would have taken over one of the other songs on um, my top ten list. But 
what can you do about it? But no, Fortitude, I knew I was going to like the album just in general, and it was going to be somewhere on this list, just like Lifeblood, because uh, they were both solid picks for the beginning of the year to be uh, on the top 10 overall and to carry on. Because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a Gojira stan, but I, I love them. So, yeah. Coming in at number one. Moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, this is no surprise if you, you know, listen to previous episodes, but my favorite album of the year is The Work by Rivers of oh, Nile. Oh, um, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, I forgot that was after it, Gojira, too. That's what I was like. It was after Gojira. <laughs> yeah. So, The Work by Rivers of Nile. Um,. Over the listens, over the many, many listens that I gave this album, uh, I just gained a new appreciation for it every time. Um, the void from which no sound, no sound escapes, took me for the biggest turn because it wasn't until, um, like the third or fourth time listening to that album, like I was saying in the, uh, in the top ten songs episode where I was laying in bed and I was listening to that and I was like, oh my god, this song's fucking amazing. Um, and yeah, and it, it being my number one, it really made me look at this album differently. And I was like, this may be my favorite Rivers of Nile album over, um, where I was on my name, which is very interesting. Um, cause a lot of people would probably hate me for that. <laughs> very, I guess that very controversial is here. Um, I think this has to be my most listened album of 2021 though um is this one over fortitude um and imperial because lifeblood i didn't really listen to the full album that much i listened to mostly lifeblood and demon king and then a few other songs here and there that i just don't remember um but yeah favorite songs off this album are going to be obviously void from which no sound escapes uh clean more like just sax solos get me every time they really do um i've talked about it with david bowie i lo- i love david bowie mostly because he has saxophone uh in his in his songs like uh black star there's a little saxophone solo part in there and that song changed the way i look at music because of the, of the saxophone david bowie in general changed the way I look, uh the way that i look at music because of the saxophone so yeah the work by Rivers of Nile coming in at my number one spot because it's such a fucking banger. And there you have it. Oh, uh, you know what I forgot? Shit, I forgot. Hold on, I just thought of another honorable mention. Uh, if that's okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Sleaford Mods. Woo! This guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Because I did actually go back and listen to it. I didn't hate it as much as I did. Oh, I can't say the same. I I will oh. not. I refuse, <laughs> man. <laughs> I will not sustain any bullshit. It was such a meme. I forgot. I was gonna. I was gonna say that was my number one just to see your reaction. I forgot. I'm like cap. I would have just immediately been like cap, dude. No. Yeah. It's like way. and my number one Sleaford mod. We all saw Get it him off the podcast. We all saw it coming. <laughs> we all saw it. Coming. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, that one um, for the meme. You know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that is my top ten. 
There you have it. All right. Trent's top 10 is down. Sebastian and I have got a top 10 to go. Before we get there, though, let's have a word from our sponsor. Hey, guys. Quick note here. Uh, I forgot to mention that we did end up making our own playlists. As of now, I don't know if Sebastian did or not, but if he did, I'll include that link as well. But we all made playlists of our favorite songs this year. Uh, I forget how each of them, Trent and Sebastian, made theirs, but I personally had mine with like just favorite songs from each album that I liked, along with like some other singles. Trent, I believe, did something similar and like i said i'm not sure if sebastian did as of now but if he did that'll be included so all of them will be in the description for this episode and yeah if you want to know what we liked uh specifically you know song wise and you know whatnot check it out there just forgot to mention that in the episode but uh yeah enjoy the rest of the episode and we're back. All right. It is now time to continue our top 10 albums of the year, starting once again now with Sebastian. Take it away with your top 10. So uh, I do want to start with just an honorable mention, just to get it out of the way. Uh, this one was not covered on the podcast, but if it was, it deserves a spot on my top 10. But for now, since we didn't listen to it on the podcast, I'm just going to keep it as an honorable mention. Uh, just so that way you guys are a little bit more familiar and you guys, um, you know, understand that, like, this is just different. Okay, so my honorable mention is Hoax Tales by Jasmine Sullivan. Jasmine Sullivan is a very new name to me. I discovered her through a good friend of mine, and he was like, if you like The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, you would definitely enjoy this. And of course, you guys know me, I'm a Lauren Hill stan, so I was like... Fuck yeah, let's listen to it. And it's kind of it's a an R and B version of a rock opera, if that makes any sense. Uh if you guys know, I am a huge fan of theatrics and music, and that's why some of my favorite bands are just very like analytical. They're very just weird and they even have like moments where it's just like they have characters that are being portrayed instead of the singers in question so going about that hoax tales is basically just telling the story of just like you know the basically talking about a woman uh just being or just questioning her role in society you know and uh just really not being a fan of just like a lot of the patriarchal things that are being placed out there you know just like as far as like they have to be a certain amount of subservient to men stuff like that i uh, just it says a lot i don't want to spoil too much i just rather you guys listen to it but you... then again it's really fucking good so i did want to mention it and at least describe it a little bit uh so yeah that's hoax tales that's my honorable mention and you know Coming actually in... and you know like it's actually an ep for some Is reason it? It, for some i see what it's 32 minutes but it's considered an ep which i really? don't get at all that's literally i mean that's like the thing with like the bring me the horizon album from last year it was like right. 30 some minutes but an ep so i i don't get that at all but yeah I, I remember looking at this album i just never got around to it but i did listen to one of her old albums and i did i didn't mind it so i might have to check that one out now yeah it's really good um just the instrumentation as well her voice is awesome uh, not to mention, she features uh, Anderson Pock on one of the songs being price tags, and then, like, even, like, her is on the last song of the album. So, like, if you like both those artists, you'll definitely like this. It's just 
a lot like their solo work, honestly. For sure. Um, but yeah, going into the top 10 now, uh, I wanted to start off with Flowers Pervasis, uh, Descantos, Dencansos, whatever, um, by Haley Williams. Haley Williams is from Paramore, as you guys know, and this album was very, uh, just very stripped back, just more of a little, like, acoustic jam session, uh, you know, with a lot more meaningful and, uh, I guess, like, thoughtful lyrics not to say that anything from paramore really isn't but this is just a lot more personal uh some people were comparing it to like uh just like the taylor swift folk uh folklore kind of thing and it's just like really stripped back in that sense uh i can see that yeah but this one just sounds a little bit more like stripped back than either of the two uh, albums taylor swift released was so like it wasn't too like bombastic or big it just it sounds like a very just chill bedroom pop sesh honestly uh some of the songs like Astoli are super just like tough to get through emotionally uh a little bit like teary-eyed in some parts but yeah honestly if you're a fan of Haley Williams and her voice like I am this album is just a definite treat for the people who just love the emotional intensity that she can portray uh going on from there Another emotional album. Honestly, I felt like just growing bangs over my forehead for uh, <laughs> this year because a lot of these picks are not as crazy and cranked out as like last year. But with this one, Nurture uh, by Porter Robinson, it's just like a little fun look at like nostalgia. It's just really vivid. Um, just has like some cool parts. Uh, I forgot which song, but there's like even the use of Navi from the N64 version of Ocarina of Time saying like, hey, hey, you know, like the whole time it was uh, as like a little background filler piece and it was really well incorporated. It took me a second to like kind of understand it and like figure out what it was. But yeah, uh, not really big in the EDM still and I lack a lot of words to describe something like this, but this is like a good uh, just little like stepping one foot at a time into the pool kind of album. You know, it kind of eases me in without, like, going too crazy or sounding like I need to have a fuck ton of acid to enjoy it. Uh, it's really cool, honestly. If you guys want to just chill, sit back on a long car ride or something, just have something to vibe to, this is a great album for it. Coming in at number eight, we have Eternal Blue by Spirit Box. Go! Um, yeah, this album as you guys know, is a certified banger across all fronts, across all media. Uh, you know, if you hear somebody talking about metal this year, most likely you will hear this album mentioned at least once. Uh, and for good reason, honestly. It very heavy, very melodic at times, man. Like Constance, it's just this beautiful ballad about, I think, her mother? Gra her grandmother? Well, uh, grandmother, yeah. Yeah, it's um just really, really impactful, and, you know, I don't want to spend too much time, but, yeah, like, some of the bangers, of course, being, like, Holy Roller, which came out, I think, like, last year? Yeah, that was or, early yeah, last year. Yeah, that one was, uh that one was like, kind of what got me into Spirit Box in the first place, so that one's the fun one. Uh, then you also have, like, Circle With Me, which I was a big fucking fan of as well, and our bigger single. That grew me uh, too a even, lot. Yeah. Um, 
and then the other one was like yellow jacket that was the other one i was like really fucking into because it had some of the like the best instrumentation throughout the whole album uh just just banger after banger for this one uh don't really have too much to say other than that but it's a really really fresh and awesome new metal album Sorry to get a sip of water there. Okay. Uh, going into my number seven, we have Daddy's Home by St. Vincent. So, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I thought you were going to say, like, Dad Vibes by Lip Biscuit. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Yo, that should have been number one. <laughs> Dad Vibes. Dude, no. I, as much as it would be a meme, I just I cannot get into Limp Biscuit. I am not a, not a fan of that style of new metal. Like... Unless it features a, you know, like I, I don't, I don't like it. But um, yeah, uh, with Daddy's Home by Saint Vincent, we have an awesome, like just really quirky alternative album. Uh, even features a bit of rock, a little bit of psychedelia. From what I've heard, it's like based on like a lot of '70s uh, kind of aesthetics, and it even features like a little bit of like a sitar. And uh, down and out downtown, where she will like do like this kind of like swingy kind of uh, sensation with it. It's cool. Um, it took me a little bit to get like really into this album, but like I kind of had a rebirth of like a twenties kind of uh, aesthetic. So like I don't know this album. Just looking at it, it just kind of reminded me of like Great Gatsby and listening to it. Obviously, it's more seventies based, but. It just has that flair, that elegance that you would feel um, from listening to something from, like, the 20s. It just, it's really cool. Uh, honestly, I was just really, I was really just, like, calm with it. Like, I had a couple of parts that were just a little bit, like, off the wall where she would just, like, straight up just start, like, moaning and stuff. And uh, as much as those parts, like, were kind of weird for me on first listen, after a couple more, I got really used to it. And I was like, honestly... This is just, like, a very elegant Primus album with some of just the random shit that just comes out at times. Um, yeah, it's super, super uh, quirky, as I said. And if you like that kind of weird sound, um, I'm trying to think of, like, our artists I can associate. I guess, like, Marina, as, I, as we were listening to this year. Uh, I guess something like that, you know, everybody likes to have comparisons so that way they can kind of ease into something, but that's like probably the best thing I can give as far as what we've covered on the podcast. But yeah, this album, very fun, very cool. Uh, going on to number six, we have a runner up, honestly, for like one of the heaviest albums of the year for me to the grave epilogue. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, was this the year of pig squeals? <laughs> I was just blown away with just the shrill just insanity of this album. Um just how crazy high this guy's screams were and just how saturated it was and honestly scary. Like uh to me it just I don't know if it was like horror theme, but it just kinda made me feel like I, I was watching a uh found footage film. It's just super grimy, gross. And I mean that in the best way possible. Just like, I don't know, man. When it comes to metal, I like the shit that is like out to scare you. Out to like provoke a sense of fear. And this album is just 
chock full of that. Uh, and then you got songs like Lips and Assholes, where it's just, like, has this weird monologue in the beginning of, like, a, a butcher? I, I don't know, and a pig? I, I don't, dude, it's fucking gnarly. Um, yeah, honestly, like, this is an album that I just put on sometimes when I'm just, like, ready to crank out some, like, you know, dishes or something, just something where I'm just, like, not wanting to do it, and I just want to get some energy going. This is, like, a good, like, fuck everything. I'm about to, about to take this day by the balls, you know, kind of a feel. Going from there, we have number five, Slow Ties, Tyron. Uh, as you guys know, I was a huge fan when this thing came out, um, and it's only gotten bigger since. Uh, the guy's flow is absolutely manic it is just super like just in your face and i was yeah i, I love that kind of shit um you have songs like adhd where it kind of does this like jekyll and hyde kind of sound we're at the beginning where it's all like sincere and then just like super like in my feels and then halfway through the song he's just like you know belting into the mic and just absolutely uh just going off uh i i love it you know i really happy that we listened to this one this year um this is like really cool introduction to like more british kind of styles of rap and uh yeah honestly i want to i want to look at a lot more british rap this along with like little sims i was like super into sadly little sims couldn't make it on the list because i just i didn't really get as much time with it as like tyron where i was like constantly bumping uh 45 smoke and like mazza and a couple R's on there. It's just super fun. Uh, going into number four, we have Sinner Get Ready by Lingua Ignota. Um, I don't, I still don't have an accurate way to describe this album, but here is my best attempt. Opera, rock, uh, just everything intense you can think of in a music, in a, like, in a genre, sorry, of music super just like off the wall uh, i love all the dissonant harmonies i love just the absolute extent that some of these instruments are being just like just banged upon uh, like the piano just like it sounds broken sometimes and like it just it's awesome i don't know it's just a really raw album um it just it awakens just a lot of feelings and honestly i refrained from doing any background into the album other than like there's like some religious ties to it as far as i know i don't know what they could be i don't know if it's like just like a disillusion disillusionment with like christianity kind of thing because i know she features a lot of her stuff with like her wearing a cross so i don't know if it's something with that but like that's probably a good guess because this album is just really back and forth just throughout the whole thing and it's super just angry bitter but also like frightened and uh really just raw i just love these kind of sounds i these albums concepts whatever you want to call them i don't know i just i really like the deep introspective nature of something like this uh, going into number three, we have the ever-present banger, Rockhampton's Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine. <sighs> man, this is just such a fucking banger, man. 
Um, you have just the awesome ass buzz cut, the first track on the album with Danny Brown just ready, just willing, going right at you, talking about prison injustices, talking about just the mistreatment of like African Americans in America with the whole prison system. And then you get like Chain On, which has like this 90s throwback. And then you get like the um, really like, you get the really uh, just poetic parts in like Count On Me. And then you get like the absolute banger of Don't Shoot Up the Party. Um, that one, I Don't Shoot Up the Party is like a constant on my playlist at this point even though I have like 5,000 songs or whatever on this album or on this thing now, I still get this song popping up like every other song sometimes. And I'm okay with it. Honestly, it's absolutely great. Um, and then I would say another really like underlooked part of the album that I don't really see featured from like any of my friends or anything is just like bankroll, uh, with like ASAP Rocky and Ferg. Yeah. That one's a good one. That's a really good one. Right, I never hear talking. I never hear talk about this one compared to the other ones on the album. Yeah, I forgot this album came out this year. Not gonna lie, it was so good. Yeah, and I also did not know that Brockhampton was labeled as a boy band. Yeah, it's what? it's not like boy band like you know BTS or like Backstreet Boys or anything like that. Right, right. But yeah, it's it's very weird to think about that. Yeah, because it's like a a hip hop boy band where it's like. They mainly rap, but they also do, like, you know, they'll do some ballads. They'll do some fucking, like, acapella here and there. Like, yeah. Honestly, I would put, like, Bronkhampton and Suicide Boys, like, kind of, like, on the same thing. On the same tour? On the same, like, plane. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. But imagine a tour with that, too. Oh, shit. Dude, I'd fucking go see that. I'd be there in a minute. I'd die in that pit. Yeah, I was just, uh, yeah, this whole album was just super fun, just chock full of, like, different sounds, different uh, aesthetics being thrown out, you know, like I said, with the whole, like, 90s kind of thing. But, yeah, it's super awesome. Uh, if you like rap, especially, like, new age rap that combines elements of old school, you'll definitely enjoy it, something like this quite a bit. Uh, coming in at number two, no surprise here. I lie here buried with my rings and my dresses by Back X Wash. I am very bad at reading album titles when they are long, so I am sorry. But yeah, this one, though long-winded as a name, is quite fucking great. Um, I was just super taken aback by just the intensity of her voice and just how like in how aggressive it is. I uh, I still stand by the fact that this just has some of the most intense uh, parts of an album so far this year, even more so than some of the metal ones that we listen to, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But then again, that, I also see I'm this sorry, album. not to cut you off, but that title track, man, the fucking, whoever that female screaming is, oh my god. It's insane. Right. right, yeah, the title track, man, like... It just having that really high pitch, like yeah, man. you know. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it's so high. It's almost like Dan Watson high is getting there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I was super happy to hear that. Like, I just, I love metal trap. Um, I'm, I'm becoming a basic bitch now. I'm gonna start like wearing a mullet or something, dude. Because <laughs> like, man, I'm getting into this shit more and more, and I need to, I need to step back because there's other good music coming out. But yeah, uh, this is awesome. Uh, one hundred percent. 
and also has a lot to say. Um, just a lot of struggles with just like being uh, just like a member of the trans community, of course, being um, just super looked down upon by society and just the aggression, the angst that you feel with it. Um, yeah, and honestly, like I like you have I, I always say terror packets, but it's just the best example. It's like kind of I don't know, just the best way to interpret some or not the best way to interpret the best way to showcase all the themes on this album through that uh and then you also have like 666 in luxox luxoxa i don't know how to pronounce that um it just has like this like tribal chant in the beginning and then just turns it into like this crazy ass beat like i don't know man this is like metal jpeg mafia shit sometimes it's awesome um yeah, I was super happy just going through uh, this at... When did this one come out? June 20th, so, like, we probably... Yeah, we reviewed a little bit after that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was just super, like, just thrilled going through the whole time. Um, don't have too much to say here because I've already said a lot about it in my initial review. But going on to my number one, no surprise here, Genesis Uwusu, Smiling With No Teeth. This Australian multi-genre titan at the moment, honestly, uh, just took a lot of people by surprise, me included. Just the amount of potential this man has is insane. Uh, I think every artist, of course, has potential coming out, don't get me wrong. But when you're showcasing, like, more than five genres on a single album and executing them very well you know obviously some are a little bit better than others but still doing it super fucking well and also blending genres super well as well is just phenomenal um i i i just love experimental shit a lot and this just piqued my interest right away you know i i thought it was going to be just like a soul album but then it goes into things like drown where it's like this awesome 80s uh piano piece like synth piece my bad and then you get songs about fishing <laughs> where he's just singing about fishing and it's just like this chill bill withers type song and i was like man that is really kicking it back it's just awesome it just it was very nostalgic it reminded me of like summers when i was in like middle school just fishing and having nothing else to care about um then you get like the ever so awesome smiling with no teeth where it just has that really cool uh break where it's just like spoken word and i've been a sucker for spoken word uh, i remember a while ago nate showed me of course nate's like my fucking bank at some points with some of these cool <laughs> albums uh he showed me law dispute and i was just super hooked on just like the whole spoken word parts and then going right into the music i don't know i music to me is like poetry and uh, Obviously, I know they do mix quite often and sometimes uh, are a big part. But yeah, when it's spoken word and stripped back like that and then even can incorporate into a song with uh, singing in it, I don't know. I just I, I'm a sucker for it. I just get immediately hooked because it's just, you know, like fishing. Uh, as soon as you put on that Rapala, I'm a bass looking for that shit. <laughs> Great. Um, 
yeah, I I don't have I don't want to say too much more because I'm just gonna beat this fucking dead horse uh, if I just keep talking about it. But it's awesome. It's just absolutely phenomenal for being a first album, and I look hella forward to anything coming out by this artist, and I can't wait for more. Hell yeah. There you have it. Sebastian's top ten down. Trent's really down. Really quick. Oh, yes, uh, sir. I just wanted to say, uh, so you like spoken word parts, but you don't like Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> what the well, fuck? Well, to be fair, Fred Durst is like, he's so good that I, I can't, like, I'm too jealous, man. I, I can't deal with it. I'm just, that guy gets more poontang than I've ever seen, honestly. He did it all for the nookie. Did it <laughs> for the cookie. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> dead ass oh my gosh all right so now it is my turn to give you my top 10 list and my honorable mentions and so have you um i w- only wanted to do three honorable mentions but like i have a few that i didn't get to my top 10 at all and like these are definitely albums that are well worth mentioning i won't tell you why exactly i mean i'm just gonna say these are great albums worth checking out in one way or another hell sebastian trying to even mention a couple of these as well so just to rattle them off here i got turnstile glow on cemeteries rainbow bridge three lingua ignota center get ready j cole's the off season billy eilish is happier than ever nothing nowhere's trauma factory slater's troubled paradise and chase atlantic's beauty and death which the latter there was a part of my top five when we did this in the midway year so that tells you how much that's changed but it's definitely still worth checking out as well as all those other albums i've listed one way or another definitely worth the listen but all right, going into my top 10. Number 10, starting with Nas's King's Disease 2. I was so madly impressed with this album, especially considering that King's Disease, the first one from last year, was such a letdown and very underwhelming. Honestly, very forgettable, if I'm going to be honest here, because I do not remember a thing off that album. All I remember is I saved one song, uh, there were a lot of features on there, and I didn't like it. So I think I gave it like a six. So despite me ripping this apart, it seems like I didn't really give it that low of a score, but not memorable in any way or another. But King's Disease 2, that was a throwback to the old school hip hop days If as an understatement, because the flow on here, the beats, like it felt super chill. It it felt right, you know, after listening to uh, Illmatic as well for my album a day, it kind of like, you know, just gave me some sort of vibe from that. Not quite the same, of course, since Nas is you know 20 some years older since those days but still man like king's disease 2 it's just filled with these personal lyrics and tasteful beats personal lyrics meaning like from songs such as uh death row east i believe it was where like he kind of talks about the whole east coast west coast beef uh another song on here that i really enjoyed the opening track the pressure it's just such a powerful opener and so chill with just like these like Beats that are just remind me of just like the lo-fi beats playlist, you know, like not entirely, of course, but just like the flow of it. It, it. It's so good. And another song I really enjoyed on here was Rare. I mean, can't go wrong with that. Another one didn't really save on here for my uh, my one playlist, uh, which I'll get back to the playlist later. Uh, the EDMP2, which features Eminem. That was honestly a really good song and a 
very solid feature from Eminem. Uh, as as silly as the uh, the reindeer line was, uh, it was still a banger. Like you cannot go wrong with that album or that song or that album even. I think the only song I didn't like was uh, "Brunch on Sundays," which kind of like had a shift in sound for that portion of the album, but it picked right back up after that. And you even have a Lauren Hall feature too. You cannot go wrong with this album. So definitely worth checking out there. At number nine, Spirit Box, Eternal Blue. How could you not? Sebastian already mentioned it. It's just such a great metal album. One of the best this year alone, especially in metalcore. And with that, I think this will definitely go down as one of the best metalcore albums ever in years to come. Just with how super emotional these lyrics get, uh, as you mentioned, with like songs like, you know, Constance or Circle With Me, you know, uh, even songs like Hurt You. Like, you just can tell that there is something personal going on with Courtney and, you know, she's expressing it in such a unique and interesting way through her like you know calm clean vocals to her harsh just relentless uncleans as well uh other songs i enjoyed here too were sun killer the opening track and uh secret garden was nice one of the nicer uh, softer tracks on here very memorable uh definitely enjoyed the gent styled guitar work as well on here it, it was great definitely worth checking out if you have not already and if you're in the metal community get on that shit come on now the hype is real for this album it is not <clears throat> to be undertaken what was it what's up <laughs> i was just i was just like <laughs> you're like yeah it's a great album i'm like i'm the only one who didn't like it <laughs> you didn't like the ginger one album did you though on the, ter- on they- the topic of female metal vocalists yeah, that one. Um, that one was underwhelming. I, that was that was very, underwhelming, is what it was. Very underwhelming, though. Yeah. To be fair, but no, no disrespect to the ginger, not at all. Oh no, and well, even like you know, uh, them as well. Like not. Um, oh, spearbox. Yeah, yes, yeah, just to spearbox. <laughs> Who are these guys? Yeah, well, I forgot the name for a second because I always <laughs> thought spirit box was the song. Right, um, right. But yeah, it's like not to take away from your top ten, but. Um, oh, like the, um, fuck. Her as a vocalist and like the instrumentals, yeah. like you said, were good, and I like that. But just I don't know what I didn't like about it, but I yeah. didn't like it. No, I, I almost I almost put it on my top ten least favorite albums. I will say. Damn. Yeah, it was very close to being on there. <laughs> I get that. But all right, moving along here at my number eight spot. Uh, Trent's not gonna like this one because it's Doja Cat's Planet Her. I, ugh, I, I'm, I'm madly impressed though with this one, considering coming off of uh, uh, was it, was a Hot Pink, right? That was the Doja Cat album. Yeah, Hot Pink. I mean, nothing wrong with that album. There's definitely some bangers such as Say So and Bottom Bitch and Rules, but I mean, Planet Her is like her doja cat coming into her own sound here and coming into like what her full potential can be i mean it is literally like she's proven that she's ahead of the game with this like fresh style of r&b hip-hop and pop and it makes it seem like she's a completely different artist at the same time you know like it almost doesn't even seem like this is her but at the end of the day i mean she's She's killing it with songs like Kiss Me More, which is still one of my favorite songs of the year and just a summer banger, 
you know uh other one too like need to know like that one grew on me way more over the course of this year uh considering the first time i heard it i really didn't care for it but once the album came out and i gave gave it more and more of a listen it just stuck and i i will say though when it's on the radio it's still dumb as hell when it's censored as much as it is considering there's like a lot of like you know explicit content in the song and the radio will just literally you know blank out each one so it sounds so cut out making ruining the song which sucks because it's actually a really awesome song and another one get it get into it yeah has been pretty up there too especially in the uh the tiktok realm of things but even then it's still like a great song i love the little nod that she gives to Nicki minaj as well in it i just i find that cute but yeah great album cannot go wrong with it at number seven we have Architects, for those that wish to exist. I was kind of surprised to find that this album made it still into my uh, top 10, but uh, it was in my top 5, and I had to give it another listen to see if it was still worthy of a top 10, because later throughout the year, I had my top 5 easily narrowed down, but I mean... Even going back still, this album just shows that Architects are continuing to improve and change their sound with a more alt-metal approach this time around, but still keeping those metalcore riffs alive and well. Uh, although Sam did drop the blast on this one, as these are completely... The, the album's completely devoid of any blah! So, that's a little bummer, but honestly, we have to grow and learn. You know, he doesn't even like doing that anymore, it seems like, as he stated in an interview not too long ago, but there are so many bangers on this one, such as Animals, which came out a couple years ago. You also got Dead Butterflies, Giving Blood, Impairments, that has uh, Winston McCall from uh, Parkway Drive on there. It's, it's still a great album, you know? It is definitely different in terms of the Architects discography, uh, as there are less and less metalcore elements other than the riffs, but, I mean, they're still killing it. I mean, they're still a big template to what most bands in the genre like to copy, you know? So whether or not they're doing it with these more metalcore-inspired uh, albums or just an alt-metal approach, they're a big influence still, and they're going to continue to do so. And you cannot go wrong with the UK metal scene. They are on another level, you know? Uh, but yes, moving along here, we have album number six, I believe, right? Yeah, number six. Overwork Vessel. Remember this album, boys? This little instrumental ditty? This little beatsy poos of a ditty? This one... This one slapped, even the first time listening to it. I was blown away. Like, the best way to describe this album is the soundtrack to a critically acclaimed sci-fi film that doesn't exist yet. But when that film comes out, this album is going to be there. And it's going to have it's gonna be there for the scenes that are some of the coolest shit you've ever seen. Or just some very intense, you know, cinematic fuckery, you know? But I, something about these beats and just the way that, like, he produces this and comes up with everything on this is mind-blowing to me, considering that, like, it's, it, it's beat instrumentals. It's not like, you know, guitars or drums or anything like that. It's not your typical, like, polyphia. It's nothing like that at all. But it's just, it's so catchy. It's so fun. The song Resonate still makes my jaw drop, just with all these bass drops a part of that. And even the song, uh, I believe it's Presence. I believe that was the opening track to the album. It's such a cool opener. 
It really is. And then you have Parallel, which is one of the only two or three songs on here that has any kind of vocals on it, uh, which, to be honest, the album could do without any vocals at all. And still, it might have even been higher rated if that was the case. Because the vocals kind of, like, you know slow down its potential at least to me but it doesn't slow down the album by any means as they still do work with each song that it's a part of uh but yeah it's it's seriously such a cool album definitely worth checking out and definitely support overwork a very very underrated artist next here getting to the top five starting with number five which is my favorite metal album of the year frontierers oxidized holy shit Holy shit. I I never ex- thought I could experience an album like this as chaotic as this. This album is just pure experimental chaos. It is crazy what these guys do at such an oddly consistent rate too. As it's kind of like, you know, you the instrumentals are saying metalcore, but these like weird electronic synths are saying experimental metal, and then these like mathcore speed things that they're doing, and just like this consistent mid screams from the vocalist that is throughout the entire album. I don't believe he changed his vocal style style once this entire album. It was it was nuts, and I believe it was Opaque Horizon the third song on this album if i'm not mistaken if not third it was definitely like yeah it was third yeah it, it just i remember hearing that song i i remember very clearly i i was taking a piss in an arby's just vibing with this album for the first two songs and then opaque horizon started and it just fucking with the i'm like what is going on this album is nuts i just i couldn't get enough and like it's such a fast-paced album, and it's not for the faint of heart by any means, especially for the metalcore community. I would say like this is this is somewhat of a an acquired taste, especially if you like mathcore in any way, whether it's Converge, Dillinger Escape Plan, uh, was it the Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza? Like you'll fuck with this album easily. And if you like even Frontier's older material, I'm sure you will fuck with this album easily. But this is just them continuing to prove that they are still improving in sound. And they're doing it in the best way. Like, if you have experimental elements within your music, then you're doing something right, I'd say, in terms of metal. So that is a well-deserving number five for me. At number four here, we have Tyler Creator's Call Me If You Get Lost. I was so happy with this album, solely because he's going back to his rap roots here. And the return to his rap root form with the style that's inspired by, I would say, both West Side Gun and even Freddie Gibbs. It kind of makes this album Tyler's, I guess you could say, second most mature album. And maybe even arguably, like, his most mature album, depending on how you see Igor. You know, which a lot of people will deem his most mature, uh, most mature material. But when we're talking about rapping, like you listen to this album and you look back at like Wolf or Goblin, and you can tell that this man has 
grown in both terms of rapping, his style, his lifestyle, his his riches, his wealth. Like he is a different man than he was back in the days of Goblin, Wolf and even Bastard, you know? And like I I love like, you know, how like he's aware of that. You know, he knows that like he has got this good life now. And this whole album is practically a humble brag as well as having like one of the most like, you know, I would say, like, emotionally driven rap songs that I've personally heard with uh, Wilshire, the eight-minute song, kind of, like, describing the relationship he had with this woman who was, like, a really good friend of his who he kind of caught feelings with, even though she had a man. And it's just a whole, like, back-and-forth, you know, situational thing that I, I absolutely love still to this day. Uh, songs like, though, Corso, What's Your Name, and Hot Wind Blows just shows the diversity of this album, too, with Corso just kind of, like being that intro banger with that gnarly bass drop that is kind of in your face. What's your name? Slowing it down to more R&B style kind of thing. And Hot Wind Blows featuring one of Lil Wayne's best features that I've ever heard to date. It's just, it's all there. And there's just so much more to it with this album with songs like Lemonhead, Lumberjack, uh, I Thought You Wanted to Dance, and uh, was it Sweet that goes along with that? It's, it's great. It's a really good album. It's I believe I said this is like my third favorite Tyler album to date, and yeah, that that still holds up. It's it's just so good, definitely worth checking out. All right, number three though, getting into this final top three situation, we have you guessed it, Silk Sonic and Evening with Silk Sonic. It is so smooth it is so groovy and it is it's so anderson pock and bruno mars it's it's the perfect combination we didn't know we needed until we got at least leave the door open then we just needed more and they gave us more the album is just a nostalgia trip for me personally that takes it back to the 70s r&b and disco days but done correctly i would say and it even is a nostalgia trip solely for me because of like how it reminded me of like when I talked about it when we reviewed the album initially uh when I was little we had this funk uh R&B compilation album that had songs like you know Brick House Kung Fu Fighting uh a few others too that I just I'm the name escapes me at the moment but it, it had the classics if you will and Songs like Fly Is Me really take me back to those days of like listening to that on the radio. It just, ugh, I, I loved everything about that song. And that's why it ended up being like my one of my top 10 favorite songs of the year. Just mind blowing. And songs like Smoking Out the Window, too, with just like that, ugh, the R&B flow to it is just so tasteful to me. And yeah there's not a bad song on this album if you haven't listened to it yet please take the time to do so it's not very long but it is definitely effective at number two we have Brockhampton's Roadrunner New Light New Machine could not make this top 10 list without mentioning this album because I think it's now officially both my favorite album by them and their best album in general like this beats anything that they put out in the past and it seems like that they're going to continue with this series as like the Roadrunner series uh so whenever that second album drops I guess we'll just see if that lives up to uh this one here but I remember first coming out this was a, this was a big on repeat album hence why for when my Spotify rap came out uh, and the top my most listened to songs were there almost this whole album was there if not like at least half this album was on there because you got songs like 
buzz cut. That powerful opener that Sebastian mentioned with Danny Brown. You cannot go wrong with that. The Don't Shoot Up the Party, which has just like a really 90s feel to it with those beats and just like the synth on that one. Uh, and I did have Bankroll on here. Like, yes, that is one that not a lot of people talk about, but Bankroll really slaps. Uh, and I just love, too, that like when they go into like the really personal shit, which kind of happens more so in like the middle of the album, mainly with, uh, I believe it's Joba who does some of these vocals uh, with songs like Windows, The Light, uh, I'll Take You On. I, I love that personal shit. Only things I really didn't care for was the Dear Lord, which was like that acapella track, which is only two minutes, but that was the only one that kind of just felt off with the rest of the album to me. Everything else grew on me, because I believe I didn't care for... Uh, when I ball the first time around, mainly with like these weird like oh, it's used to tell me kind of vocals, it just kind of annoyed me, but it grew on me. So, yeah, there's other than that, other than Dear Lord, there's not a single bad song on here. Definitely worth checking out. But that just leads to number one, and uh, I already said there's no Kid Cudi moment on here, so that can only mean one thing: it's S.G. Lewis. It's times. It's it's. It's times. How could it not be times after listening to this album once? Although I will say, if any of you recall, uh, the first time I listened to this album, I did not give it as high of a score as it ended up getting. I believe I gave it an eight and a half, which I was like, why the fuck did I give it that low of a score comparison to what it is now at a nine and a half for me? Like, it is banging like it the more i listened to it the more i fell in love with it and every time i listened to it i would always just have this big grin on my face because it's just so fun and so just you you want to get up and dance you just want to groove you want to bop your head you just want to have a good time it's the best album of the year with disco-inspired music that never misses a single beat. And honestly, it's impossible for me to personally listen to this album, like I said, without smiling. And after seeing him perform it almost in its entirety, with the exception of the last song, Fall. Which is fine, because Fall is the only one that doesn't fit on this album, as it's just kind of like more of a... I guess just a slower pop song that would belong on one of his EPs from the past. But... Like I said, after seeing this live, I can only appreciate the album more and more. It just always hits right. Songs like Chemicals, which came out last year. I, if it came out this year, it would have been in my number one song easily. It would have been over Olivia Rodrigo without a shadow of a doubt. It was just too good to not, you know, groove to that song at least. But in terms of ones that came out this year, because this album, believe it or not, had most songs that came out in 2020. Uh, one more, which we actually made into my top 10 songs list, uh, the title track time, the opener, like it's just the opener that, you know, you're getting into some fun, groovy shit and uh, all we have, which grew on me so much more than previous listens after it's especially because after seeing it live, it hit different for some reason, it just hit different, which is not uncommon to hear a song live and then fall in love with it more for the regular studio version. But like, you know, just that whole like build up in the middle of the song that leads into like this, like, I guess, breakdown part uh, of just fun disco ravey music. It's, it's great. It's so good. S.G. Lewis has become one of my favorite artists to date still. I cannot wait to see what this guy comes out in the future. And I can't wait to see him again live. Like, this guy is talented. And I am very glad that we all got to listen to this album uh, this year. So, yeah. There you go. That is my top ten list. And that is our top ten list. Um, 
we'll skip the album wrecks today. We got like we're we're all here. You know, we we gave you <laughs> we gave you our top ten lists. So listen to those. Listen to the honorable mentions. You know, in case you missed it from this year. That's definitely all I could say about Rex in terms of this episode. But Sebastian Trent, as always, thank you for being on the Music Corner. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next episode. This has been the Music Corner of Rift Awaits, and we are signing off.